Welcome to the 12th Street Daily, a podcast intended to encourage our faith family as we seek to become apprentices of Jesus. Well, good morning, good evening, church. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope that you are doing awesome um, as we enter into this last installment of the Cloud of Witnesses series. Hey, really quick, if you really like this series, um, let us know so that we can uh, continue to try to produce content like this. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a church history nerd. I'm really just a history nerd in general. Um, That's what my undergrad degree was in. So uh, please let me know. I love talking church history. So if this is something you'd like for me to do more often, let us know. So who is the last installment as we continued on from early church history to the medieval period and the Reformation to modern church history with Spurgeon and then today another Brit who is not a pastor, who is a theologian, who is more philosopher, Clive Staples Lewis. C.S. Lewis, many people know him as the author of the Chronicles of Narnia series, and if that's all you know him from, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Shame on you. Man, what a giant C.S. Lewis was. Now, C.S. Lewis, a lot of, uh, I need to point this out, he didn't agree with us on a lot of things. Um, He thought that the penal substitutionary atonement view of the atonement that God pouring wrath on the sun was kind of a silly view of the atonement. He said that in one of his works. He also had a really um, interesting view on um, salvation of non-believers um, and how um, and how God saves others. Now, all these things made him, you know, I would say not a heretic by any stretch of the imagination. Just an interesting way of viewing things. He was a prophet of his times, um, very influenced by some more liberal theologians, but he was not liberal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he would be considered a more conservative guy, just disagreements on little things of theology here and there. But man, what a giant. Um, my favorite word by him, if you want to pick up a work, mere Christianity. Oh my gosh. Incredible. It's a, it's, it's a transcript of his radio talks that he gave on Christianity. Goodness, it's so good. Uh, pick it up. Like They sell it at Books A Million. I've seen it numerous times. If you want a copy of it, I have one. I'll give it to you. I had this really great book I'll recommend to anybody. It's just a, it's like called the Signature Works of Lewis. has like all of his works in it. Um, I picked it up when I was like 18 years old, and man, it just started an infatuation with Lewis. So, who was C.S. Lewis? He was born in 1898, um, raised in the library. Goodness gracious, guy could read. He loved to read. His favorite um, authors as he uh, was young was uh, Conan Doyle, E. Nesbitt, Mark Twain, and uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. His brother um, was sent off to English boarding school in 1905, and he became kind of a recluse at this point. Um, had a really big imagination. And then in 1908, um, his mother died from cancer, and this caused him to be even more of a recluse. He then realized that um, his father uh, was really depressed. Both his brother and him felt very estranged from the father, and their home life was just kind of cold. It was kind of just, you know, bleh. Um, the God that his mother, um, encountered him with, with the Bible, they were, they were believers. Um, he said, you know what, that God doesn't exist. Um, he eventually became an atheist, an avowed atheist. I mean, combative atheist. In 1917, he ended up going to, um, the University of Oxford, um, in England. And, I mean, Oxford, you know, I mean, it's just a very, um, prestigious school. Um, he loved it. Um, he actually went there in 1917 and never left. I mean, he just kind of just stayed there as a professor. Um, long, you know, as his tenure continued. 1917, though, he was uh, drafted, had to go fight. He was wounded uh, by a bursting shell, and what he saw um, in the trenches of World War I uh, even convinced him more of his atheism. Um, he ended up uh, coming back, um, was an author, wrote different things, philosophy professor, 
Um, and he ended up, uh, his last job that he was, was he was a uh, professor in medieval l- literature. Now, the thing about medieval literature, it's very, 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 very Christian. So a lot of his favorite authors were Christian. Um, he noticed that there were different things inside these books. Um, one book that he said, he said, what it, after reading it, what it actually did to me was convert, even to baptize my imagination. He ended up reading G.K. Chesterton's The Everlasting Man, which even caused him to even more question his atheism. Um, it was his intellectual uh, intellectualism that was holding him back. He was a Christian intellectual. He ended up getting to know these two guys, Hugo Dyson and J.R.R. Tolkien, if you know who Tolkien is, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, him and Lewis were best friends. So Dyson, Tolkien, and Lewis would end up going to become the Inklings. Um, they were all authors, and there was a few other guys as part of the Inklings. But they would sit around at this pub called the Eagle and the Child, and they would hang out and smoke their cigars and drink their pints and discuss medieval literature. Um, just sounds like a swell time. Bunch of nerds. I'm just kidding. Really not a bunch of nerds. Just, I would love to sit in, a, sit in those conversations. Um, a couple of the guys that, that were in, the, in this little club, of, per se, were converted atheists, and they would just have, just badger Lewis. Just badger Lewis. Uh, one guy who was a fellow student and a lifelong friend to him, um, Lewis said that he was a Christian and a thoroughgoing supernaturalist. Um, one day, him, Dyson, and uh, Tolkien were sitting there after a day at Oxford. And they're discussing, and Lewis says about the Bible, gosh, you know, the Bible, and this is Tyler Armstrong paraphrase, even though it's a myth, doesn't read like a myth. There's details that about Jesus that, you know, he reclined on his left side and had a cup in his right hand. And there's all these like details that don't read like a myth. And Tolkien simply looked at him and said, that's because the Bible is the myth that is true. And this haunted Lewis. He slammed his pint down and he stormed out of the pub that night. And on the way home that night, he ended up recounting it later on in uh, one of his biographies, autobiographies. He talks about it, and he says, I got home that night and shut the door behind me, and I heard the hound of heaven scratching at my door all night long. Gosh, the way with words. He's actually referring to a a poem titled The Hound of Heaven, uh, talking about God seeking out sinners in this way. Incredible work. I encourage you to look it up. So in 1929, um, after, you know, interacting with Christian authors, all his favorite authors being Christian and his friends being Christian and all of these things, he was on his way to the zoo with his brother and he got into the sidecar of a motorcycle and when they got to the zoo, he was a converted theist. He said that he was the most reluctant convert in all of England. God had finally caught him. Now, he was not a Christian yet. He was a theist. It took him two more years he became a Christian and joined the Church of England. He was a um, a very uh, you know staunch Church of England member, um, where Tolkien was Catholic. So could you just imagine the debates that they had around the table? Um, almost immediately, Lewis set out a new direction. Um, his writing became very Christian. Um, he quit. He was he had aspirations to be a poet. He said, "You know what? I'm not going to do this." Um, he said, "I'm going to write on Christianity." He first work was this: "The Pilgrim's Regress," an allegorical apology for Christianity, raised and romanticism. Um, Thirty years following this were nothing but a constant stream of Christian works. Um, he had the screw tape letters, 1942, 1942, screw tape letters, y'all. Oh my goodness. If you have not read this, please, another book I'd recommend. It's written from the perspective of an older demon to a younger demon on how to tempt a new Christian. Oh my goodness. Uh, C.S. Lewis said that it was one of the darkest times of his life because he had to dive into the minds of demons. 
What? Or, I mean, look, just please pick it up. It's incredible. Mere Christianity, 1952. Chronicles of Narnia, 1950 through 1956. Fun fact, another one. Tolkien absolutely hated. <laughs> absolutely hated. Um... The Chronicles of Narnia, because he said the allegory was way too forward. All right, he said. He said everybody knows that Aslan is Jesus. You know, like, and it's so funny to me because when you read Lord of the Rings, it's an allegory for the times. I mean, it's literally World War One, y'all. I mean, it is like it's speaking to World War One. And when you read it, it, like, there's all this like environmentalism that's into it about the trees. And come on, Tolkien, don't be a hypocrite. Anyway. He also wrote The Abolition of Man in 1943, The Great Divorce in 1946. Um, and then he continued on um, in all these works. He said, The intellectual life is not the only road to God, nor the safest, but we find it to be a road, and it may be the appointed road for us. Of course, it will be so only long as we keep the impulse pure and disinterested. Um, following all these works, he became very, 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 very famous. Um, he ended up meeting an American woman. Um, and her two children in 1952. Uh, she became a Christian through reading The Great Divorce and the Screwtape Letters. She actually ended up visiting her spiritual mentor in England, and soon thereafter, her husband abandoned her for another woman, so she moved to London with her two adolescent boys, David and Douglas. She fell into financial trouble. She uh, hit up C.S. Lewis for some help, and they ended up falling in love. Um, they had common literary interests. They then developed a deep friendship. They fell in love and got married. Um, he has a book called Surprised by Joy. Not referring to her, just surprised by Joy, but it's just really funny um, about how that all works out. Now, by the end of his life, Lewis was constantly underneath his, underneath attack. Um, people were uh, very upset with him for marrying an American woman who was once Jewish. Um, she was divorced, and she was a pretty abrasive woman, not going to lie to you. Um, it did not sit well with his friends and acquaintances. Not only that, a lot of people were very, very, very much attacking him for his very open Christian lifestyle. Um, guys like Tolkien and uh, Owen Barfield disapproved openly of Lewis's evangel- evangelistic speaking and writing in his books. Ultimately, he ended up dying um, in the year, uh, let me find my notes, in the year 1963. Um, he ended up passing away there um, in England. His grave is still there. So what can we learn about from the life of C.S. Lewis? I'm going to read this verse from Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or is here dull that it cannot hear. Brothers and sisters, the Lord can save anyone whom he chooses. Um, I heard a pastor say this about this passage, that this tells us that the Lord does not have T-Rex arms. His arm is not too short to save. He can reach into any muck and mire and pull out the dead man and bring them back to life. That is what he did with C.S. Lewis, who ended up becoming one of the greatest Christian intellectuals of all time. So do you have someone in your life who is like a hardened atheist, who doesn't want to believe in Christianity, who is very combative even to the faith? The Lord's arm is not too short to save. Seek the Lord and be evangelistic and share the gospel as Lewis did. In his life and everything that he did, he shared his faith, especially through his writings that we can still have. I think 500 years from now, we're still going to be talking about Lewis. And one of the reasons why is because of his evangelistic fervor. Brothers and sisters, the Lord's arm is not too short to save. Share the gospel, and even the most hardened sinner will come to faith in Jesus because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, thank you for tuning in to this past week's episodes of The Cloud of Witnesses, a series exploring just prominent figures in the church history. As we continue to explore this, let us remember, we have a really, 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 really deep history, and let us explore it and learn from it. Tune in tomorrow for 12th Street Daily.